Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if you can fix it. I mean, I give Joel and B, Kyrie Irving, those guys were like, competing. Jarrell was imploring some of the guys to play harder, to try to get some defense in, but um, no one got hurt. They put on a show for the fans, but that that is a tough game to sit through, I'm not going to lie. It is an honor to be here on Brother From Another. It is an honor uh, to be <laughs> on your show, Natalie. Honor <laughs> to see that smile of yours. Um, but uh, I'm glad you're smiling because judging by your feed, I thought you were in a bad mood. Because um, I'm usually the curmudgeon on this show, and, and, and to a greater extent, Michael Holly is more of a curmudgeon than I am on this show. Um, but uh, what you mean the All-Star game was worse than it was expected to be? I mean, I feel like it's self-explanatory. I think Mike Malone is using the term loosely when he says, they put on a show like for who exactly is he referring to and again I mean I wasn't there in person so maybe the fans in person appreciated it and I understand that there's a world that exists beyond Twitter so sometimes it's easy to think what people are saying online is what people think but with him also saying it wasn't the best game Jalen Brown saying it wasn't the best game. I'm just surprised. He's also saying they were putting on a show. No, they weren't. And that's part of the problem. They didn't put on a show. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, had, it had its moments in the All-Star game. That's what it is. It's more moments than it is some, you know, battle for conference supremacy or battle for pride. I mean, we thought that the All-Star draft might inspire a level of pride. It was fun. We'll get to the All-Star Draft specifically in a minute. The All-Star Draft was cool, but um, of course there's not the intensity because uh, what's on the line? What are the real stakes here? The Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, mano a mano, that was cool, and I don't know that we've ever really seen that because of this new format. Not that not not there's pit, not that we're, we're, we're drafting in recent years uh, drafting players uh, and last night, of course, drafting them live. Oftentimes, you know, teammates were still teammates in the All-Star game. Seeing them one-up each other was really cool. There was, it was an awesome shooting display. Uh, some of the half-court shots, yeah, I still enjoy that. Um, but if we're, in a, if we're in a time and place where there are questions about load management and how that's hurting the game and what is the answer for load management, what in the hell makes people think we're going to get these players to play hard in an All-Star game? Like, that ship has sailed. That day is dead. We don't roll like that no more. Like, uh, Candace Parker referenced that great 01 All-Star game with Allen Iverson at the end of it. That day is over. So old people like me can wax poetic and be nostalgic for the days when they took All-Star games seriously. They're not doing that anymore because they don't take the regular season seriously. So if they don't take the regular season seriously, why are they going to take an exhibition seriously? And furthermore, Natalie, the moment when LeBron James tried to play defense, what happened? He got hurt. 
So if you thought that players were going to get together and say, you know what, man, oh, maybe we ought to try. Maybe we ought to try to play harder. Maybe we ought to do more for the fans. You know, like the game deserves better. Our forefathers, the Giants on whose shoulders we stand on, deserve a better all-star game. Then LeBron goes and hurts his hand, which looked really painful. Goes and hurts his hand trying to block a shot. She. They ain't playing they ain't playing defense and they ain't playing hard. So what else do you expect? What do you want them to do? More. I mean, for one. In a word, huh? LeBron, yeah. <laughs> LeBron was, he was already, like, hurt. So, shout out to him for even trying. Uh, so, hopefully he's okay. But I, we don't have a history. Everyone, you know, that feels like the new talking point this morning that I'm seeing. Not per se just from you, but I'm just seeing people say, I don't want to risk players getting hurt. Like, when has that happened so much that this is a big concern for us now in the All-Star game? And no one is expecting right. them to go out and put out playoff intensity. That's not what we're asking. <laughs> but even in the last... Just want a middle ground. <laughs> yes, like even in the yeah. last few years, I felt like the All-Star game had actually improved with some of the changes they made. So getting mm -hmm. rid of, of the conferences, uh, doing the charities where like you get something for winning, you know, the quarters or the halves, right. whatever it is, because you did see right. them at least near the end kind of start to do a little more. So, but this right. year, even in the fourth quarter, we were all waiting for it. It was like, okay, we know they're going to step up the intensity in the fourth. And that just never happened. I mean, there was literally yeah. no effort. And I do feel like the fact that Kevin Durant was missing, uh, Stephen Curry was missing. Zion. Zion's younger, but I say that because I still feel like Braun, Katie, even Giannis probably if he wasn't injured. I think some of the older players, they still understand that it's meant for them to put on a show and do a little something for the fans. But I feel like men, you know, I don't want to just be like typecasting everyone, but it seems like the younger players, they're just like, yeah, no, nah, we're not doing that. And I, and I don't mm. get it. Like, I, where's the excitement? Especially all these first-time All-Stars. Yes, I do. Where's your, where's your excitement for your first time being in the All-Star game? I, I just, it baffles me. Yeah, no, no, listen, and you, I, I, you're too young to be to, to be uh, sounding so old, but I'm feeling you, though. I'm feeling <laughs> you. Because once, once upon a time, though, you know, you think of Kobe Bryant and – once upon a time, these young guys would come to an all-star game looking to announce their presence with authority, looking to make a point, looking to put on a show, looking to say, hey, I'm here, or looking to take it to Michael Jordan or, or, or something, or just kind of like, you know, hey, I'm a part of this now. I'm, you know, basically having a coming out party. Exactly. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that way. I, I, I hear you, but I just think it's, it's the day and age we're living in where load management is not just a trend, but now the norm. It's not just a couple of years ago. It was like, what's up with all this load management? Now it is synonymous with the NBA regular season. We could talk later about player movement and the effect that it's had on the NBA product in general. But I just think that ship has sailed. I think that day is, is, is over where the all-star game is going to matter um, from a competitive standpoint, listen, I'll go back to Bud Selig, man. We clown Bud Selig. Remember when Bud Selig made the, uh, the MLB All-Star game, the deciding factor for, for home field? Short of that, short of going back to conferences and having it determine home court advantage, and maybe that might not even do it. What kind of stakes could you assign to this game to get players to not just play in it, but play hard? 
Yeah, I, I got it. You know, maybe this is going to sound messed up, but I do think a lot of this has to do with the game being in Utah. I do. I think that the players were probably not that excited for it, you know. And then, like okay. I said, some of your some of your top talent was missing. I, okay. I, look, I don't think we're going to go back to the days of, you know, the way it was, you know, Kobe and, you know, like the back and forth at the end and stuff yeah. like that. But like I said, so I do. and yeah. Yes. I do feel yeah. like there were some changes like it started to get better and then this 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 to me feels like an abomination so i'm hoping oh, abomination <laughs> it wasn't that bad it, it really no it really was what moment oh, the jailing and uh, the jailing back and forth with his teammate that's the moment i, I mean I thought I thought some of the shooting was was impressive. I mean, as much as as much as long distance shooting can still be can still be impressive. Yes, oh, I enjoy that. Line. You know, I enjoy okay, long yeah. distance shooting, but it, it wears off. It wears off quickly. It wears see, off pretty see quickly. Steph, see, if Steph would have played, it'd have been a great night, huh? That's what it was. Just go ahead. Steph wasn't in. Steph it, wasn't out there. It certainly would have been a better <laughs> night, but Steph put on a show for the whole. Thing almost last yeah. year he won you know yeah. and I mean Jason yeah. Tatum was trying to do that and I think a few others but it just you know like Jason look, Tatum was incredible he was and yeah, I, I love mean, Jason Tatum he's my guy with, even in a game with no defense and the all-star game has never really had defense other than some pockets toward the end of the For game sure. but I mean 55 is 55 I, I, listen they were all out there getting the same shots and he got 55 of them things listen he was great but I don't know if you remember a few years ago I don't remember what year it was but in the all-star game Paul George was close to breaking the scoring record and they did everything to stop him and he ended up not breaking it because they were like nah you're not getting that you're not getting that and that was fun you know you you saw a little bit of that but like this year and we're just talking about the game don't even get sure. me started on like the skills competition. Skills even, competition sucked. And even like, the three-point contest. Like, lack of skills. Three-point contest was a dud. Dunk contest, though. Come on now. The dunk contest was official. It was official. Mac McClung was official. Trey Murphy was pretty good, too. But I don't know that it was official. It's being exaggerated. I mean, okay, look, well, okay, first of all, and apologies on behalf of everybody for the disrespect that Dominique Wilkins received for being the only man to beat Michael Jordan in a dunk contest. That's when you need an editor and a proofreader. Like somebody should have read that script before it was read out loud. That's number one. But I bring that up only to say this. How many times has the dunk contest like across the board has everybody in the field showed out? There are always people who are in the dunk contest who do not meet the moment. Usually we remember it for one performer, whether yeah. that's Vince Carter. Well, you know, so it's not all, you oftentimes don't get a duel. Mac McClung, all I needed was Mac McClung. We, he could have put on an invitation or a showcase and I would have been here for what he, he he did. And this wasn't grading on the curve. This wasn't, and I, listen, is he a short white boy? Yeah, but his creativity, his flair, his execution, all of those things, and his showmanship. And he hit him with the, it's over. Yeah. I thought he was spectacular. During Black History now, Month. Woo. Hey, listen. Progress. <laughs> just, that's I'm what you call it. I'm just playing. No, no. I, listen, that's what I love back. I love back. I'm with you. And listen, now, could it take a step back next year? And could and could the dunk contest be a dud again next year? Maybe, maybe not. But for one night it and for one year, it was back. I mean, and yeah, of course the white guy won in, in Salt Lake City. Feels kind of appropriate. So yeah, during Black History Month. But yeah, it, I thought that was a great showcase. I had fun watching it with my son. 
everybody seemed to have fun in the arena watching it. So if nothing else, the dunk contest was a success. Yeah, and I think most people were saying that and they were going with the talking point of, oh, he saved the dunk contest. And I just, I'm going to sound like I'm just hating all, all up and down, but it's sort of like who wore it best. You know how like two people can wear the same outfit, but one just pulls it off and one doesn't, right? Shout out yep. and respect to Mac McClung. He was awesome, but... I'm still going to get more excited if John Morant is doing those dunks versus versus him. And that's just what it is. And it may not be John Morant, but it's sort of like, I think the last really, really good dunk contest was Zach Levine and, and um, Aaron Gordon or the couple that they put on for us. Right. And that was like, yeah. that was a surprise. And I think if people reflect back on those, how, how many more, uh, how, how many they say the dunk contest a goal was that refresh my memory because <laughs> we, I mean, we, we annually have this conversation about somebody saving the dunk contest, right? Feels yeah, like it comes and goes. I mean, Aaron was a, the, the Aaron and Zach has been what, maybe like five years now or four years. It's been a while. Aaron was in it a couple of years ago when D Wade, you know, <laughs> didn't give him the correct yeah. score at the end. Yeah. And so, yeah. but that I think that first year was a surprise because that was an outlier year. And also, we all knew Zach Levine had hops. But I think people were surprised about Aaron Gordon, right? I, I don't think going into it. Like, not when he came back the second year. So that was like a surprise for us. If you knew about Mac McClung, you you knew that he was probably going to put on a show. So that wasn't surprising. Hey, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't familiar, by the way. Like, I'm not... I, I, I'm not in these internet streets like you are. I did, I did not... Like, when I turn it on, I'm like, okay, like... I was not my expectations were very, very low for the okay. dunk contest because I was not familiar with most of these participants with all these participants to be truthful. It, this was the equivalent of who he played for. You know what I mean? I was, I was like, wait, this is who's in the dunk contest. And then when Mac did that first one and had Gabrielle Union like, damn, <laughs> I, I, I was like, OK, when he I, so after that, I was I was up in my seat. I was me and my son watching it and I'm like, this dude is legit. It was a great story, a G leaguer on a two-way contract coming in and putting on a showcase. Even if the competition wasn't great, Trey Murphy, yeah, he, he, had, he had a, a couple of good ones that might have won in some other years. Mac McClung stole the weekend, so much so that like, you know, the Grammys or the Academy Awards, they had my man presenting the next night. I ain't never seen a dunk contest winner come out and be like, you know, with, with the, like, Mac was like, wait a second, did you put me to work again? Like, now I'm a host of this thing? Yeah. <laughs> he was an official ambassador. So the dunk contest, thanks to Mac McClung, who can hear Jimmy, he can hear Jimmy, you too young to get that reference. Mac McClung, the dunk contest gets an A, even if it's not alive and well forevermore, even if it hasn't saved the dunk contest, because it, again, if he doesn't compete next year, or if he doesn't have some competition, next year, we could be back talking about get rid of the dunk contest. But for one weekend in one year, the dunk contest was as much fun as it has been in recent memory, given the performance that Matt McClung put on. As far as the game goes, yeah, just to put a bow on this whole thing, yeah, the game leaves much to be desired in the era, in the area of defense and competitiveness. But that's the era that we live in when load management is all the rage, you cannot expect NBA players who take regular season games off to, to turn it up a notch for the All-Star game. We got to lower our expectations at this point. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think because people had such low expectations for the dunk contest, it feels 
much better than it was. It was good. He was solid, and he should get all the love for what he did over the weekend. He was great. He was spectacular. Yeah. He was okay. spectacular. Okay. It's, it's, it, is hard, it is hard to do dunks that nobody's seen at this for point. Sh- it's not about it's not about that nobody's seeing because like everything at this point you're 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 doing well, what someone else did. Yeah, but I, it's I, just like I said. I don't remember it's, nobody touching the backboard with the ball and dunking it, or or I don't remember that. I mean, I don't remember look, seeing it's been that. so. It's not that it wasn't impressive. It was so that's what it sounds like I'm saying. It was impressive. It's just that that one thing alone did not save the dunk contest and. You know, there's so many Nike athletes. You know, maybe the league should think about somehow partnering with Nike to incentivize their athletes to, for some of them to get into the contest. I know that there are some of the, the, the stars are with other, you know, brands, but Nike's the big one because, I, like, the dismissiveness to me in the way John Moran's just like, I'm not doing no dunk contest. When you have people like... Michael Jordan, who have done it, Dominique, right. you Dr. know, J ben, has done it. yeah, the, like some the of them, are, of like all time, have done it. It's yeah. a level of condescension that I don't even understand. Like, what, are you too good for the dunk contest? I just, I don't understand what it is, and I'm not sure that it's all about load management. I would really like to know the reasons because they get out in the three point contest and embarrass themselves because that was an embarrassing <laughs> effort as well. Yeah. So, like, why yeah. would you embarrass yourself there, but you're okay? I mean, like, but you don't want to do the some, dunk contest. And some, I mean, Blake. I mean, some, some, some star players have done the dunk contest and have been a part of the revival of dunk contest. I'm not sure what Ja's rationale is. It'd be nice if Ja felt like, oh, okay, let me let me go at it with Mac McClung next year and kind of give him a challenge or whatever since, you know, he's was hot in the streets right now. Or the dunk contest just does not have to be uh, NBA players anymore. I mean, it, let, it, let, let it be an open invitational. And the other Mac McClungs who are out there on YouTube who are out there, you know, making mixtapes or whatever, or who, who, are, who are amateurs but not in the NBA, let it be an invitational for them. I don't need NBA players in a dunk contest I like that. to enjoy the dunk contest. The I would prefer contest. that. I don't need it to be stars. I just want somebody who, to your point, Nat, is, in, is excited about it, is committed to it, has put the thought and creativity into it, and wants to be there. Give me that, and I'm good with it. I could go for that. Go ahead. Go ahead and pitch it. You have connections, Mike. Not as much as you. <laughs> I, couldn't be- I couldn't believe how upset you were. I'm like, man. <laughs> it's worse than expected. It's like, damn, you and Michael Malone. <laughs> we got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Put it like this. The draft will be more watched than the game. <laughs> what do you think? What's up, man? What's going on? I mean, I'm always right, so y'all you're not really surprised <laughs> about that, right? First of all, first of all, before we before we get into the weekend and the day's developments in the association, I like what you're doing here, dog. I like what you got going on here. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Hey, if we can't have Michael Smith hairlines, we can at least try to grow some facial hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Uh, You look experienced. So in your vast experience, not just in life, but when it comes to the NBA and specifically uh, covering the NBA All-Star game, and that that represented earlier, maybe it has something to do with it being in Salt Lake City. Um, Were you underwhelmed? And that's saying something. Were you underwhelmed by the All-Star game in particular and the weekend in general. I will borrow a phrase from a friend of mine when she talks about her expectations for men. She says, the bar is the floor. So if the bar <laughs> is the floor, and I was still underwhelmed like the ceiling by is the, the roof? entire weekend. Yeah, 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 the bar, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's just low. They're low expectations. <laughs> and the, the, the players still managed to overwhelm, underwhelm, rather. And yeah, because it's Salt Lake City <laughs> and everything else, yeah, that was not a pleasant place to be. Like a memo to the NBA, maybe All-Star Weekend should only be in New Orleans or warm weather cities, right? But other than that, the stars don't seem incentivized to play, to play hard, to come out. It seems like players are far more impressed with themselves sitting on the sidelines, dressed, you know, dipped in butter and everything else, than they are actually in promoting the game. Like, I'm not to go old man yelling at cloud here. And far be it from you to do that. Yeah, yeah, but (laughs) there was a certain level of pride in All-Star Weekend, even just personal pride in going against, you know, the two point guards going against each other. You know what I mean? Two centers. Remember they, they remember they froze out Shaq uh, in his yeah. first couple All Star games. They oh, there was a lot of really pettiness. Good. Yeah. Why can't Why can't we have competitive pettiness exactly. in an All Star game? And and then, and furthermore, why don't the stars feel like not necessarily an obligation, but they're incentivized to perform in the dunk contest? Like I don't know where that came from. I, I kind of know where yeah. it came from, but. These well, dudes, what, I, I was really disappointed. I was very disappointed. Well, you say you kind of know. What's your hunch? Yeah, I do too. You go first, Vinny. I will let Natalie take the floor. No, that, no. I, 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 I have this conversation already. No. I'm feeling me and Natalie are here <laughs> on the duck contest. Where's it come from? I mean, I could be wrong, but. I think it has to do a lot with LeBron never doing the dunk contest. And a lot of these guys came up watching him, right? Yeah. And like that. So it's like LeBron didn't do it. So, I mean, we're talking like, you know, in the last segment, I was saying, oh, Jordan, all these players, Vince Carter, they've done it. But that's not really who they grew up watching. And I think because he never did it and sort of never co-signed it in that way, then it's just trickled over, but it's more extreme because before you would have but like which Paul are, George but which stars doing are we it. talking about? But which stars are we talking about? We're talking about Ja and who else? Who else are we saying that we want in it that thinks that they're above it all? Because didn't uh, now if he, I just want him healthy. I don't give a damn about the Zach, the, the dunk contest. Okay, but uh, didn't Zion Williamson just say he would 
entertained doing it? Did I did I, did I misunderstand that? Zion 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 needs to entertain getting on the floor. You know what I mean? Well, like exactly. that's what that's what but he I'm, needs but to saying, worry. But who, Aunt Edward but said he wouldn't. What do we want to see? Aunt Edward said he wouldn't. Okay. Um, All right. And also, it's not just because before you've had like. I mean, Zach did it, but he did it really before he was a star. But you had, like, Paul George do it before, John Wall do it before. You've had— Kobe did it. Right. So, for all the players that want to well, say, oh, LeBron well, didn't do it, but Kobe star. did it. But Col- no, he wasn't. But, but I'm saying, I'm saying if, you're, if, you're, if you're a star in the NBA and you want to take the position that the dunk contest is beneath you, the way that LeBron seemed to approach it, somebody else may say, but Kobe did it, but Jordan did it. So some of the greatest players of all time— <laughs> have done it if you want to look at it that way. You can look at it whatever way it's, you want, conveniently, is what I'm saying. It's two It's two things. One, these dudes are really sensitive about what's being said on social media and okay. the Twitter reactions. And, you know, if, imagine if a star got out there and got beat up by Billy Hole out there. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if John Morant went out there? Hey, and It's good to see Jimmy. your belly and, and, and he Billy. He can hear <laughs> and Billy Hope beat you. You know what I mean? But then, so, yes. I have a question for you. Because I've heard you say before it's about, well, part of it is about like they don't want to get embarrassed. And I think that's where you're going. But didn't some of them just embarrass themselves in the three point contest? It's like one, is one more acceptable to embarrass yourself in than the other? Yeah, I, but, think, it's, I think it's more acceptable to say you miss shots. Then there's to say you tried something in a, you know, tried something in an exhibition, a creative exhibition, and you happen to miss. I but think All Star Week, I think All Star Weekend needs a whole new revamping, or at least a new, or at least a, a talking to. Like it, 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 it needs, it needs some, it needs a the enema. To. A come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> no, well, well, I, I, I want to hear you. I want to hear solutions. We can talk about all the problems we want, but let's get into the solutions. But a couple of things. One. Just like Nat said earlier about the now LeBron's, you know, hurting his hand last night, notwithstanding, we don't see devastating season-altering or career-altering injuries in the in the in the play in the, in the All-Star game. So the idea of somebody getting hurt by playing or showing some effort in the All-Star game seems like a straw man. But but I'm saying like, likewise, what star and Dwight Howard comes to mind, uh, Blake Griffin comes to mind. What star have we seen actually embarrass themselves? By taking part in the All Star Game, because they feel like if you're good at dunking, you're probably going to be good at dunking. It's about how much effort and creativity you're going to put forth. Second thing, that word pride keeps coming up. Once upon a time, there was a pride in playing all 82 games. And and Vinny, like I don't know if you heard it, but like I said to Nat in the last segment, if these dudes are operating under a load load management philosophy, what makes us think that anybody in today's game is going to approach the All Star Game with more seriousness than they approach the regular season, which they actually get paid for? Well, it, it's a multitude of things, and and a friend of mine, Nate Jones, who had Jones on the NBA on Twitter, like very that. very smart, and Nate said that players are so exhausted by the time Sunday comes that they don't have anything mm. left, exhausted from all the obligations, not the obligations from the league, but from the sponsors and the shoe companies and everything else. And my response to that would be, your game is supposed to augment those things. It shouldn't be you know, those sponsors are the number one obligation for you. Like, the better you perform on a Sunday night after the Super Bowl when there's nothing else going on, you have the world stage for a night. And it doesn't seem like players are incentivized or understand the importance of it. And for me, here's the thing. We always talk about how players of today are, are standing on the shoulders of giants, 
right? Standing on the yeah. shoulders of, of previous eras, whether it's player empowerment or All-Star Weekend or salaries or whatever. What are they doing to be the Giants for the next generation? Are they taking these, this as seriously as they should for the guys coming behind them? Or are they just eating off the fruits of what everything else that has been done before them? And I think there's been some level of disconnect. It's low management. It's social media. It's a bunch of different things. And it's a, also a you can't make me do anything part of it, too, that these guys feel like they don't owe anyone anything. And, and you don't owe anyone okay. anything, but you do owe the game. I do believe you yeah. owe the game. You owe the game itself, but they 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 phrase that into like they you owe the media or you owe the public or you owe you know the mean tweeters and they put it all in this big pot of jambalaya and say I'm going to do what I want, which is not do anything. Yeah, no, I I, don't, I think I don't know. It needs to be about owing anybody. You should just want to do it because it's fun. Dame Lillard wanted to add that to his. Dame Lillard ain't had nothing to prove by winning a three-point contest. But he's like, hey, the greatest shooters in our game's history, most of them, if not all of them, have one of these. Now I got this on my resume because Dame gets it, and so that should really be the attitude. Is not like an obligation or like I don't want you to do nothing you don't want to do, but you should want to want to do it. Like my wife says. She sh I should want to want to clean up or I should want to want to do some of the stuff like you should want to do it because it's fun, you know, and because the game, you know, like yeah, video on and about that. They're so on. perplexed, but no, but, but, no, but no, like I want you to want to do the dishes. Like, why would I want to do dishes? But no, um, um, but do, do, I need to put recent... my, do I need to put on my love doctor coat and give you some some marriage advice? No, Vinny, I'm 18 years in. I'm good. But I want to. But yo, but you. But one of your columns recently, you seem to take exception to the idea. And Kevin Durant spoke to this at All Star Weekend. That and, and this is going back to the the, the, the standing on the shoulders of giants and and all the the rights and the and the privileges that um, you know that predecessors have fought for. This era of player movement. Um, you don't think it's you don't seem to think it's as good for the game as Kevin Durant or even for that matter as I think it is. I think it's great for the game the way Durant talked about. I think it's awesome that players have agency over their careers and the interest of the game is at an all time high in large part because of it. Is the interest in the game at an all time high or is there interest in the drama of the game? The game should be centered are in those, terms of the conversation. Are those not one in the same? No, they're not. Because sometimes you get so caught up in the conversation, in the drama, in this soap opera, that the game becomes an afterthought. It's supposed to go hand in hand, but it doesn't. And for Kevin Durant, who I found that answer to be really interesting because he said, you know, all that drama and interest is good for the league. But wasn't it the same Kevin Durant who was so upset about people tweeting at him about his career choices and everything else that he was stressed out about it and Maybe that's why he made see, some okay. decisions that he don't, made. Let, don't worry about Kevin Durant. You're right. Kevin Durant talks out of both sides of his mouth. I think the fans like it. I think, okay, it's, I won't say the game. You're right. I'll distinguish between the game and the drama. Let's call it the product. And deep down in places he don't talk about at parties, let alone at press conferences, Adam Silver likes it. It's like does that he? Like, does he? I yes. I don't, yes. I don't think he I does. Think he does. I, don't I don't think fans I, like it either. I think fans don't like I, I constantly talking about the possibilities of, of players moving and, and trade the trade machine. Michael Everybody Smith. Got their own damn trade Michael machine. Yes, sir. Michael Smith. We say this all the time that Twitter is not the real world, right? And I think a lot of times we confuse the interest in that particular silo 
for the masses. Mm -hmm. The NBA is trying okay. to catch the NFL in terms of viewership, eyeballs, popularity, and they're not. So you can't say that the people are liking it. Wait, when they're, it's not, showing wait, they're that, not as in they're failing or they're not as in they won't. I don't think they're catching the, the NFL. That I think they have they had aspirations to remember Mark Cuban, oh, okay. you know, pigs, pigs get slaughtered and everything else. Right. And they were very right. aspirational for all that. And the NFL right. even wanted Adam Silver to come run their league and all of that type of stuff. They they had a huge aspiration to, to catch the NFL. So to say interest is at an all time high, show me where. Show be, beyond Twitter, beyond Instagram, because we say that's not the real world, right? And maybe you're saying, and if you're going to is say, the bottom line not as big as is, is the bottom line not as healthy as it's ever been? Is the game not growing? Is, does it not continue to drive the culture in ways? Listen, they may not have the revenue that the NFL does. They may not have the ratings that the NFL does. No entity in this country does. No form of entertainment captivates our collective imagination like the NFL. So everybody's chasing the NFL when you talk about eyeballs. But in terms of like the culture, and popular culture, not just the culture, capital T, capital C, but popular culture, the NBA has a stranglehold on that, does it not? So, Natalie? so may I, may I, wait, may I, may I approach the witness like a hostile witness? Approach the witness like <laughs> witness like a hostile witness. Go ahead. So, Michael Smith, you mean to tell me you believe that fans like buying tickets and not knowing? If a player is going to play that night, no, that's different. No, that's different. No, 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 no. I don't know load management. Okay, that's a separate conversation. And that is an issue, which is why I said I could expect better from the all-star game. We were talking about player movement and I'm not, think... not buy, buying a jersey and not knowing whether that jersey is going to be good in a year. Yeah, well, maybe that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, and I don't listen. We love to talk about the drama on NBA Twitter because that's what we do. But at the end of the day, and I, I love the fact that players have agency too, but I don't think like I don't think it was anticipated them having agency would mean a player of Kevin Durant's stature would be on his fourth team. It, it there is something to your connection to the fans and a franchise that's missing when you just keep hopping around like that. Look at even the Lakers. And LeBron, if you talk to true Lakers fans, they don't even see him as a Laker great. They don't have that connection to him. Like, they're like, okay, thank you. You got us a chip. But there, there's something that's lost and missing when you do that. And I think that's a part of fandom, like feeling that connection with your team. Even if you talk to Warriors fans and you ask them they're all-time Warriors, Kevin Durant is not second on that list. He's like fourth or okay. fifth, maybe. Okay, well, okay. But, here's, you, here's, but you give me Kevin Durant, I'll give you Giannis. I'll give you Steph. I'll give you Dame, and at this rate, your favorite player, Natalie Jokic. I mean, I, there there are players who, who have who have who have, who have planted their roots in certain certain organizations, and who seem to be lifers. I mean, that could change, okay. of course, and, in the case of Giannis. No, you're right, you're right, and and you know what's funny? I made the I asked the same question to C.J. McCollum, the MBPA president, Saturday, and he brought up those four players. But I will say this: only two of those guys have championships. Dame and Jokic are not on the level, even though Jokic has the MVPs, of a Steph and of a Giannis because you don't have the championship Correct. bona fides. What what gets lost in player in constant player movement? Mind you, LeBron has played for four teams, right? right. Kevin Durant has played for four teams. James Harden has played for LeBron for four, three. He went to Cleveland twice. Cleveland twice. Yeah, that's two different franchises to me. 
You left and came back. Stop it, Vinny. Stop it. That's two different relationships. My bad. Is that is that not how you got it? It's a stretch, but okay. That's fair. You were saying. but, but, but But my larger point is, if a player stays and grows, and I'm not saying players shouldn't keep the, the foot on the necks of the franchise ownership and management to make sure that they're, you know, putting forth the, the resources to win and that if that's not happening and, and you don't want to be there anymore, okay, leave. But what gets lost in that is think about this from this standpoint. It's not just Magic and Michael and Larry Bird. It's the cast of characters that were around them that became popular, that became household names, players who weren't not as good as the superstars, but you remember Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and Scottie Pippen sure. and all of those sure. type of guys because it was a story that was formed and you could follow the supporting pieces together. And subsequently, here's the thing that people don't realize. When the Lakers and Bulls are bad, they're still on TV because of the equity of those players who came in generations before that made them a brand name and people still watched. When you now have fans who are fans of players as opposed right. to franchise I go and where, players, I go where they go. I, where, I where, does, where, where does that lead? Where does that lead the franchise? It's supposed to be the player and the franchise marrying each other, not one side having an ordinate amount of power over the other. That's not the covenant that professional sports is supposed to be. Absolutely anything corrupts. You were biblical. You were covenant. Listen, I, I long I long for the Halcyon days of, of of the Bulls and the Pistons and the Celtics and, 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 and those inst- and being institutions just as much as anybody else. But and this point has been made plenty of times. I do want to get to one other player who's been on the move quite a bit before we let you go, Vinny. But I just say this last thing. This point has been made quite a few times in, in this discussion over recent in recent years about player movement is like, okay, you want players to stay put. You want them to stay where they at. You want them to grind the hard way. We try to get Damian Lillard out of Portland more than Damian Lillard has tried to get out of Portland because we define players by rings with a Z. So don't ever have a conversation about another great player. I'm talking about Chris Paul and talk about what they don't have and then blame that player for chasing it. Same with Kevin Durant. Don't say Kevin Durant jumped on Steph's team and his bandwagon. And then when Kevin Durant is searching for God knows what, I don't know what he's searching for, but just I'm conveniently using him as an example. Don't say, oh, well, Kevin Durant, why you keep team hopping? Just stay with one team. He's trying to get the championship that y'all say would validate him. So having said that, do you want to get to one more one more player? Both of you, what's up with the Clippers? Speaking of not having a championship, like they needed, a, they needed point guard help. They needed defense and three point shooting. They're getting Russell Westbrook, who's now on his fifth team, six if you count Utah, I believe. But you know he's about to be bought out from Utah. It's like, why would the Clippers look at what the Lakers just experienced with Russell Westbrook and say, "Yeah, we want some of that," Natalie? I have no idea. I don't know what they're thinking, to be honest. Hopefully, Vincent knows because it does. It, look, it makes sense from Russ's perspective. He's moved around so much. He's in L.A. He gets to stay in L.A. That's where he's from. So I, I do understand that. But I, I don't see, I don't see how this is going to help the Clippers. Like I'm not seeing the fit. I, I don't get it, honestly. Well, I just called. I was called Vincent for the first time today, and that's the, <laughs> only only airline attendants and my mama when she mad at me oh called me Vincent. You know what I mean? It's but a sign of respect. I, I, I appreciate. It. I'm just playing. No, with with Russ, like you said, Michael, they needed discipline and structure and order from that point guard spot. 
What about Russell Westbrook <laughs> style screams out discipline, order, structure, and playoff savvy, right? But you know what it does scream out? It does scream out Paul George having a certain level of influence, having played with Russell this Westbrook in personal. Oklahoma City. This feels more personal it, and professional. It's, it's, influ- it's influential and players see players as their best selves. They don't see players often as the diminished version. You can see Russell Westbrook having a night where he turns back the clock and maybe he has a triple-double and he has an effect on winning and he thinks that next hit is around the corner and it might not come to the next album or two albums later, <laughs> but he's still chasing that hit. Is he starting or coming and off the bench and I, on the I clips? Th- I, think, I think he's going to be starting. And to your point, and, and let me backtrack for a second, Michael Smith, I have zero problem with Kevin Durant actually being where he's at. I'm, I had no problem with him leaving to go to Golden State. I really didn't have a problem with him leaving Golden State. I'm laughing at Natalie, not not you, Vinny. I'm annoyed. I was annoyed with I was annoyed with the Kyrie Irving experience. But once he wanted right. to get off that ride, I think everybody could see he was like, "Oh no, I've seen these movies before. I'm straight." The ride Vinny, that he created and built. Listen, my he, I don't ha- I don't have really a problem. Was- I don't have a problem with going to one team. It. But I like the it. constant movement, I no one's going to be upset if Dame moves to one team. We're talking about four or five teams. Come on now. This is getting to be a trigger. bit much. Hey, no, hey, you, could, you could argue the Warriors fans ran Kevin Durant out. Oh, please. Well, then that, Ooh, good. he nice should then job. maybe go see someone about that if we were able to run him out. Silliness. Nice Silliness. Job, What's it? What's a bigger know. trigger for Natalie? What's a bigger trigger for Natalie? Anything related to Kevin Durant or Nikola oh, Jokic please. being a clear favorite for a third straight MVP? I don't know, I don't know what pisses her off more. Oh, it's, it's, all Ke- it's, it's all it's, insanity. It's all insanity. It's definitely Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's definitely Katie. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Eric Bieniemy now has two Super Bowl titles alongside aforementioned Andy Reid and still does not have the title of head coach. I truly believe that for Eric Bieniemy to have any chance to be a head coach in the NFL, he has to leave Andy Reid and he has to have success elsewhere. And if he doesn't, people are going to continue to attribute all that has happened in Kansas City to Andy Reid. They will never give Eric Bieniemy his due. And that is unfortunate and that is sad, but that is the reality of the NFL today. 
Eric Bieniemy has been tremendous for us, and I think is tremendous for the National Football League. And I'm hoping he has an opportunity to go somewhere and and uh, and you know do his thing, where he, he can run the show and and be Eric Bieniemy. Hmm. Interesting. There's a lot to unpack there with Mike Jones and James, Jim Trotter. <laughs> Boo. Hey, boo. Boo. I'll, I'll, I'll hey. leave that for Natalie. That's all you. That's all you. Um, Mike Jones, what do you think of this uh, this move for Eric Bieniemy? I, I love it for him being an assistant head coach and offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. What do you think of the move for him? I don't love it because he should be a head coach of his own team right now. Um, I don't love it because he's gone to a situation where um, it's one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the whole league that he's got a coach at to get an opportunity to prove what he can do. I guess if he's able to have success there, then there are no excuses because you're working in a situation where you've got an awful owner and maybe he's on his way out and changing hands. And you don't know if Ron Rivera has any long-term stability um, security. Uh, you don't know who your quarterback is. Um, there are just all these questions swirling around him. And so um, if he can succeed there, he can succeed anywhere, but he shouldn't have had to go to <laughs> this place. No question. To prove I, and, I, and I'm glad you said that. And Jim and I talked about this last week that, that people are going to move the goalposts. Owners that don't want to hire him, even if he goes out and turns Sam Howell into Sammy Ball, there's still going to be some excuse, those that want to make those excuses. Having said that, though, having said that, the reason I said there was something to unpack is like, oh, I hope he goes somewhere and gets a chance to run the show. Well, right. if there was a if there was a cap on, on his influence, and that's not to discredit anything he did in Kansas City, but if there was a cap on his influence and there's room to grow, I do like him going someplace where he will get all the credit. It ain't going to Ron Rivera. <laughs> he will get all the credit. There won't be any qualifying the success at the Washington's offense, if any experiences under Eric Bieniemy, and he has the assistant at coach title. So even if he shouldn't have to go this route, Jim, it is good for his resume. I'm trying to trying to look at the bright side here for Eric Enemy in terms of his career path. Mike, I'm going to say this to you. I said this to you last week that I felt he had to go simply to get out from under Andy's shadow for the sake of those who want to use that as an excuse. Not that it, it yeah. should matter at all. But I'm going to say this to you. I don't think it matters what he does in Washington. I think the die has been cast. I think these owners have made up their mind on Eric Bieniemy for whatever reason. And I just think that this whole thing is ridiculous and is a farce. This may be good for Eric, but it is bad for the league in terms of the image that is being presented about how it feels about black coaches. So five years as an offensive coordinator, five AFC uh, championship game appearances, three Super Bowl appearances, two championships, two MVPs for the quarterback as well as Super Bowl MVPs. And you're telling me that that still isn't good enough for you to get an opportunity as a head coach. And we're looking around, seeing who all the others are being hired right now, who they are. So from that standpoint, again, I think this is good for Eric in terms of being able to run his own shop, being able to put together his own staff, all of those. Things. But I believe that the die has been messed. And I don't think these owners are ever going to hire Eric as coach. And, I believe he is the Monday Sherm Lewis. And I think and you might concerned. be and you might be right about that. Sorry, sorry, Natalie, real quick. You might be right about that. You might be right about that. I pray you're not right about that. Just to be clear, y'all know y'all preaching to the choir. We all look at this right. issue 
in the same regard with the same level of frustration. But in the meantime, all Eric Bieniemy can do is continue to move forward and seek out opportunities to grow. And this does seem like a growth opportunity. Not that he should need it, but it does seem like a growth opportunity. And who's to say how things play out in Washington or anywhere else where one day maybe he had to wait too long. Maybe he's not the modern day Sherman Lewis. Maybe he's Tony Dungy. And maybe he's somebody who had to wait longer than they should have, but they end up getting just as a for instance. So I'm trying in a world in which I should not have any optimism, Natalie. I should not have any optimism about Eric Bieniemy's opportunity if he hasn't seen it already. Maybe just maybe he ends up being a head coach and is better and is a better prepared head coach than he otherwise would have been because of what's before him in Washington is what I'm trying can, to can say. Can I just jump yeah. can I just jump in one sec before Nat speaks and I hate to cut Nat off, but here's the thing like what Mike Jones said. He is going to what has been a dysfunctional franchise which we know is potentially up for sale. So if a new owner comes in in a year, let's say, and says, "You know what? Yeah. I want my own guy." Now what? Eric's out on yeah. the street. He's someplace else. Yeah. He doesn't even get the opportunity to do the things that we're talking about. Like, this whole thing stinks to me. I'm just being frank with you. I'm so tired no, of it. That's real. Seeing lesser qualified. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry, but Nat, go that's ahead. Real. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you that's did, real. You didn't cut me off. It, I, I just. I guess where I'm concerned, and I don't want to be like a skeptic because I've kind of been that all all day today, but it's just the upside to me doesn't feel that real. If it sounds like a lateral move that's being dressed up a little bit, and then also I feel like the downside of it is is a much bigger risk because if for some okay. reason he fails and it doesn't go well, and that's not what I want. I hope the best for him, but if it does. It's going to be confirmation bias. It's going to be see, yeah. this sure. is what we thought. That's but it, but if he so, fails, he was never going to get the job anyway, right, Natalie? I mean, we've already determined that they've already made up their minds about him. So what's the downside if he fails? Who know, a worse position, or just not? You know, he was already in Kansas City. You know, we've talked on the show about them potentially being a d- dynasty. You've left Patrick Mahomes to go to this situation. There's nothing about this that feels better to me. It, it just, I don't, I'm really frustrated by it. I don't, I don't really like the move, yeah. but he obviously did what's best for him. So I just hope the best for him. Yeah, why couldn't you have gone somewhere like Baltimore where you've got a quality quarterback? Why did it have to go to a desperate franchise that's in awful shape? Why couldn't it have been somewhere where he's going into a quality situation and have an opportunity to prove himself? That's just, you know, I was hoping when it seemed like like the mind was made up, Andy kind of seemed like was making it sound like he was already going to move on. I just wished it could have been in a situation where he had something quality to work with, whether it's work magic with Kyler Murray or work magic with Lamar Jackson or something like that instead of the scraps that you got in D.C. No, he he definitely should have had his pick of jobs. Uh, The one other situation I do want to touch base y'all on, this is this one fascinates me. Um, Another guy that we were recently frustrated uh, by who, who got done dirty was Steve Wilkes in Carolina. They ended up not hiring Steve Wilkes after he did do an incredible job and hiring Frank Reich. What do y'all think of what they've done with the rest of the staff? Jim, we were just talking about Jim Caldwell. Now he's a senior offensive assistant. He should be a head coach. Okay. Um, they brought in Ejiro Evero from Denver to be the defensive coordinator. Jonathan Cooley's coaching secondary and cornerbacks. D'Angelo Hall came from the media to co- also coach DBs. Deuce Staley's got the title of assistant head coach with running backs coming from Detroit. They brought Sean Jefferson from Arizona to be wide receivers coach. And Thomas Brown, 
who was coaching tight ends most recently in Los Angeles is now got the title of OC. Now they're all under Frank. They're all under Frank Reich. But what do you, just what do you think of how, how Carolina has been moving with the coaching staff they've assembled Jim. So so this is the new Black Panthers NFL version, right? Um, <laughs> Black Panthers. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you, you know, did there. You see what I did? You know what? But, I, okay, 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 boo. <laughs> oh, you got him to say it. You got me to say it. That was good. Black Panthers. You got me to say you know, it. But, but the reality is, Mike, is, is what you said. It's like we're good enough to have all these jobs underneath the top job. And so yeah. for me, Look, I think that he's put together a tremendous staff with a lot of experience and talented people. But again, we are still held one rung from reaching the top of that ladder. And, and, and it just bothers because these men have earned that opportunity and, and they should have that opportunity, as I have said, to succeed or to fail on their own merits. And that's big here. I'm not saying that every one of them will be successful, but they have earned an opportunity to either succeed or fail on their merits and they are not getting that. Last word, Mike Jones. No, totally agree uh, with everything that Lord Trotter said. Um, you know, hopefully they all succeed and get their jobs elsewhere. But we know, in the words of Jay Z, they'll. Yeah, I mean, we know we know how this movie ends, and we've seen this movie too many times. I do love that there are more guys that we're talking about right now are actually in the offensive side of the ball. That part maybe doesn't lead anywhere, but that's a change from where it used to be. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You know, I know that people think I'm a Jokic hater. I actually am not. I love him. I'm Why a would fan. You think that? <laughs> and, because people don't realize that I can have more than one thought, but I was just shocked he was picked so late. In the in the draft, I would have picked him. He would have been my first pick. So that was wild, disrespectful to me. Wild, disrespectful. But not your three-time MVP. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're gonna get into that tomorrow. I want to see your head explode. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.